0: Welcome to another trip down the bourbon road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back.
1: Hello everybody, I'm Jim Shannon and I'm Mike Hyatt and this is the bourbon road. And today, Mike, we are once again in StreamYard.
2: So we got a special guest on today, Jim. From a distillery that i really love because they make a lot of weeded bourbon from fort collins colorado we have Mel maddox the distillery production manager and beverage director at old elk
1: all right mel well welcome to the show we're so glad to have you here
0: thank you guys it's a pleasure to to be joining y'all
1: colorado what i wouldn't do to be back in colorado again right now mike i bet the weather's beautiful out there got a, got a little bit of time left before it starts to turn cold right
0: it's a gorgeous fall day out here, yeah we're yeah. we're in the middle of uh, the leaves turning and uh, really crisp mornings and nights and warm afternoons, which makes for some uh, delicious aging of our bourbon
1: well, we do love Colorado it's a it's a place near and dear to our heart, and uh, there's a lot of wonderful distilleries out there. Colorado is basically uh it's got it going on when it comes to
2: whiskey and old elk is leading the charge well, thank you. Well, Mel, why don't you, before we dive into this first glass of whiskey, which our listeners probably saying, why haven't you already started drinking it? Why don't you go ahead and tell us about the brand itself and kind of where it came from and how it got to Fort Collins, Colorado?
0: Sure. Um, well, Old Elk uh, Distillery, if you haven't tried us, number one, you should try us. Uh, two, we are located in Fort Collins, Colorado. We're about an hour north of Denver uh, and about an hour south of Wyoming. Um, this puts us in a really unique location, as I said, with our weather to allow for some extreme weather conditions that make for some really tasty whiskey, Um, and, uh, also, uh, you know, where we're located is uh, a cute little town of a population about 160,000 people. And, um, we are surrounded by a ton of distilleries and breweries. So we've kind of found our little, our little niche home in here, um, but we started out pretty small uh, in 2013 uh, as a sort of an idea of Kurt Richardson, who is uh, an entrepreneur here in town. And uh, you might have heard of him. He owns Otterbox Company, as well as a couple other businesses that have done some amazing things in the world. And uh, he's a bourbon lover. So he uh, he decided to set out and do what a, a lot of people say they're going to do, but don't always get to do. And, and that was to... Find and make the best whiskey. Um, and to do that, we actually uh, brought in Greg Metz, who was a distiller with uh, MGP and Seagram's Distilling uh, for about 40 years. He was their master distiller for half of that. And uh, we went to him in 2013 and said, "We're interested in making whiskey. You know, what what can you help us with?" And uh, Greg, obviously, if you haven't heard of him, I would like to just talk about him for a minute because he's really He is the the heart and soul and the butter of uh, of our bourbon. Um, So he, you know, as I said, he spent forty years working for Seagram's and MGP. He's produced, you know, over half of what you see on most shelves out there. And he's a very humble um, but talented, uh, you know, distiller and man. And uh, so Kurt went to him and he said, "I'd like to make a whiskey." And Greg said, "Okay, well, here's uh, you know, here's the mash bills that we usually work with." And Kurt said, "Well." No, I actually don't want any of those because everybody else already has them. I know what they taste like. I want you to make our own Mashville. I want you to come up with something that's custom for us, that's proprietary, that nobody else has. And I also want you to do this with no restraints. Um, so you know, Greg, think about him as like the the man behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz. Um, in his time, he really was making all these wonderful whiskeys and making some of the that we've tried, but he never had the full kind of like creative outlet, I guess, or, or allowance to, to go and make what he wanted to make. Um, and so, you know, between him and Kurt, they came up with this mash bill of ours, which is our flagship mash bill, it's a 51% corn, 34% barley and 15% rye. And we're going to try that one first. I think, um, it's one of my favorites. It's an 88 proof bourbon. So, um, it is a, you know, a lower proof when you're thinking about single barrels or cast strength, Um, But what that does, and one of the reasons that Greg chose that proof is that it allows a lot of the flavors to really just shine through. And it's also, um, as I said, it's our flagship bourbon. So this is the one that we wanted everybody to fall in love with. And then from there, um, we were able to kind of build on that flagship custom mash bill and create a bunch of different expressions, which we're going to we're going to talk about and try.
2: Well, let's get into
1: this whiskey, Jim. I'm ready. So, just to be sure, we're talking about the uh, blended straight bourbon whiskey. And this is 88 proof. And this is your flagship bottle, right?
0: This is our flagship bottle. Yes. Yep. So, uh, in 2013, we came up with a mash bill. Um, What Kurt did was he, you know, he asked Greg to put up about 18,000 barrels of this at the time. Um, so, a little unheard of in the craft distilling. Uh, you typically are working with your white dog or vodka or gin um, to keep those you know those those cogs running, keep some money coming in. But because of Kurt's you know entrepreneurship and the businesses that he has run, he knew that he wanted to have something that would be a lot further reaching. Um, and so we really didn't get into market until 2016 is when we did our first release of our bourbon. And uh, so we're now sitting on five year and six year bourbon. Some of that's starting to hit uh, shelves all of its five-year, uh, but there is some six-year being blended in as well, too. It's a little s- secret. Don't tell everybody.
2: <laughs> no, it's
0: you can. A, it's a very you sweet, can. It's Only your listeners sweet. will know. <laughs>
2: just just 100,000 of
1: them
0: all now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's
1: got a very sweet nose and some very traditional notes there, I you know as you would expect, uh, but uh, they're, they're very prominent, which is I think the vanilla is probably most, most prominent here. With a little bit of caramel and some maple, right? Like some maple syrup.
0: I always get that vanilla first.
2: I get a little bit of floral in this, uh, and maybe it's that, maybe it's that maple or that. I'm thinking honey, honeysuckle, maybe a little bit of honey tea too. It's getting into the fall weather, so time for some tea with some honey and maybe a little bit of bourbon in there.
1: Yeah, I can definitely tell that this has got. A pretty good complement of uh, barley in it i almost want to say it's got a little uh, like a little bit of a like that honey peach or honey pear kind of note to it
0: sure like a little almost like stone fruit but not not apple or sour apple it's more like you said right. sweeter
1: well let's taste I mean, this thing yeah let's taste it cheers
0: Well, you know what I think about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I get that. I still get that honey coming across my palate. Um, You know, almost uh, I still get that tea with it. Honey Mm -hmm. tea. Um, That's nice. Maybe with a little bit of citrus on that to me.
1: This is probably one of the creamiest 88 proof bourbons I've had.
0: Well, that's from the barley.
1: Is it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's from the barley. And I think that tea quality that you're getting is that's the wood coming through. That's, you know, those are those of wood notes, those oak notes that you're tasting.
2: A nice spice on that. Um, mm-hmm. Like a juniper gym. And that creaminess you're talking about that viscosity on this. You're right. I don't think I've had another 88 proof bourbon that is this oily.
0: If you think about what the barley does, you know, if you're a scotch drinker, um, you know, A lot of those same qualities are going to come through, which is that, you know, we call it smoothness, but smoothness is a funny term to use for flavor. You know, it does talk about like how it feels in your mouth, but um, there is that that kind of like soft honey and then sweetness that comes through. And that's that's the barley talking to you.
1: Yeah. And I think I think smoothness is okay. I think it's just another way of saying no sharp edges. Right. Sure.
2: I think people that like to say that, that you can't say smooth, take themselves too seriously. (laughs) They think they're experts and some of them probably not. They're like us. We're just uh, two bourbon bullshitters that (laughs) that love some whiskey. Um, We don't take ourselves serious. So we say smooth all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to drink anything that's not smooth.
2: (laughs) We say juice. I mean, who doesn't say that? Yep. No, This
0: this is some tasty juice.
1: Yeah, I would say I would say that this is a, a very easy drinking whiskey. This is probably ideal for uh, for your flagship, you know, bottle. Something I would expect uh, to be getting broke out at the bar year round, not any particular mm-hmm. season. This this would be good. And this would be good in the dead of summer too. I think Mike, it's not too heavy. It's kind of kind of a little bit refreshing. You said with that little bit of that juniper in the background, kind of lightens it up. Yeah.
2: Now, Mel, you cut your teeth in uh, bartending and mixology, right? Um, You're known for that. What would you make with this? What kind of cocktail would you make with this?
0: Oh, an old fashioned, a Manhattan, a whiskey sour. Yeah, the tried and true classics. This is really a great bourbon for that. You know, Uh, I know that some people will say, "Well, your your old fashioned should be made with rye," but this does um this with a little bit of honey as an old-fashioned and angostura bitters and a little bit of orange zest is just beautiful and if you're somebody who likes to add a little extra fruit like cherry or anything like that i'm not going to tell you you can't do that it's not how i drink my old-fashioned but um i do think that this this our whiskey works equally as well in that and the sweetness and those like fruit flavors that we're talking about come out really nicely
1: you like a cocktail in its basic elements, not uh, flowered up at all, just kind of very uh, basic. and:
0: No, I mean, I think that maybe I, I'm a snob when it comes to cocktails. <laughs> more than I am a snob of a lot of things. Um, I just don't I don't want a cocktail for the sake of having a cocktail, and somebody just like puts a bunch of stuff in there and calls it a cocktail. You know, I'm still looking for balance, I'm still looking for flavor, I'm still looking for inspiration. Um, and I think like inspiration in the sense of like what inspired them, can you tell that they felt creative when they made the drink? Are they excited about it? Are they telling a story? And I think that's one of the cool things about old elk is it all of our expressions, no matter whether it's the wheat or the wheat of bourbon or the rye or one of our single barrels or the flagship, like you taste you taste that. You know that inspiration, and it's it shows, and it's been consistent, which I think is really hard to do in a small, small distillery like ours. Um, you know, doing it at the scale that we're doing it at, we're we're moving at a, a fast speed to make sure that we can c- keep up with demand while still being like innovative about it and still staying true to what inspired Old Elk originally. Um, so, yeah, sorry, you put me on a tangent there. Um, don't make me a foo-foo cocktail if it's not any of those things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, a lot of us, you know, try our hand at making cocktails at home and we mm-hmm. just do our best. Sometimes it's better to just follow the directions. Uh, I, I try to follow the directions when I'm making an old-fashioned. And the directions I have say bitters, a little bit of orange peel, and uh, some sugar and bourbon. I mean, that's it. There's nothing that's else perfect. in it. Yeah. That's
0: perfect. That's all you need. And if you're if you're mixing with a good bourbon or a good a good whiskey, that's that's what's supposed to be showcased anyways. So yeah, when it comes to whiskey, I don't want a whole lot of stuff around it unless I'm trying to tell a story, you know, getting creative with it. It's for the purpose of being on a, a cocktail menu somewhere, um, or to showcase the the base spirit, you know, our bourbon, but um again, just like throwing a bunch of stuff at it doesn't always work. So that's why I tend to steer towards the more classic stuff when I go out, um, just because I want to, I want to taste what's in there.
2: Now, Mel, you said you cut your roots in Boston. Mm-hmm. Now, Boston to Fort Collins, how does that <laughs> happen?
0: Well, old elk. <laughs> Um, So yeah, I was in Boston for seven years. Previous to that, I was in Maine. i actually a Florida baby. So I'm kind of have family spread out all over and, um, really started in culinary. I was in the hospitality industries starting at 14 years old. I've been in the business for over 20 years at this point. Um, and really just learned a lot about flavor, uh, techniques and applied that to cocktails and kind of the booze world while I was living in Boston. I was lucky to work at some really great places with some great mentors. Um, be involved in a lot of diverse, bigger projects there, and work with different brands. Um, an Old Elk approached me uh, back in 2018. Kind of had an inkling that they might be interested in uh, moving us uh, moving out there, so took a trip out here, spent 24 hours in Fort Collins, and said, "Yeah, I can live here." And uh, three months later, made that change, moved out here, and then found myself uh, quickly wearing many hats within the company. But I love it. Um, I really. I get to do all the things that I've learned through the years. I get to apply um, my, my palette, I guess, to a lot of what we do. Um, and the production distillery manager role is uh, something that's been new in the last few months. So now I get to work even more closely with Greg Metz, our master distiller, and doing our blending and cutting and managing of the distillery here.
2: Now, how's that getting to work with like a... I'd say industry legend.
0: Sure. uh, (laughs) I feel really lucky. I mean, every day, every day it's, you know, you have this moment where you're like, wait a minute, I'm working with who that's my boss. That's my mentor. Um, but he's, he's extremely humble. Everybody. And who works for old elk is, is humble. It's not really, you know, we've got a lot of young people who are very talented. Um, and Greg is, he likes to call himself the old goat. And, uh, you know, he 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 leads by example and he also he's a good teacher. He, he kind of lets you find your own footing, but still gives good direction. And obviously, at the end of the day, understanding and knowing like what he has applied to the world of spirits is just you can't get that in a textbook.
1: It's really great hearing about somebody's journey. It's always nice to hear how they found their way to where they are today and, you know, the choices that they made in their life that sort of drove them in that direction. I always love hearing those stories. I I do want to go back to the, to the whiskey for just a minute and just say that Mike, if you revisit that nose real quick, see what you think about the, the way that that it's developed. I mean, it's kind of a, it's, it's very much a sort of a caramel, Butterscotch maple bomb on the nose once you've had a few sips of it. It's well, that's going to be hard to do,
2: Jim, because I, uh, I don't drink all that and I already <laughs> filled my glass up with the you know, straight wheat whiskey.
1: <laughs> all right. Then I'll say a final, final few words about it. Uh, the finish on this mic is, um, is I'm, I won't call it lengthy but I'll say it it's definitely longer than I expected. I think it's a medium to long finish on it. it Kind of hangs with you. It's got a good flavor to it. It's very pleasing. Not much hug. Uh just all the way around just a good sipping whiskey. Not a big bar to cross to drink this whiskey. If you're not if you're not if you're new to whiskey, I think this would be an easy one for you to pick up.
2: Yeah, I'm there with you on that. Obviously, I had a couple of bottles of the house already. Um I only have about a quarter of that bottle left, nice. so I, I obviously like it. Um, it's actually on my shelf is something I want to introduce people to, um, saying, hey, here are some whiskeys from other states that you should be trying, and Old Elk's one of those. I actually was, was saying that on the... Uh, at the Bargetown or Kentucky bourbon festival on the main stage, they said, Hey, what's some stuff you would like to taste out there. And old duck was one of those distillers. I said, Hey, if you're not tasting this, you're missing out. So uh, a great, um, I guess would be for, this would be a great whiskey right here.
0: Mike, that's great to hear. Thanks for the shout out, especially in a, you know, Kentucky, <laughs> there's a, you can almost get pitchforked for some of that.
1: <laughs> and Mel, what would be the price point of this bottle?
0: So I know is, it varies
1: across the country, but sure. what's the,
0: yep. Um, the average price is fifty four ninety nine. Okay, on shelf. Yep. So, you know, not inexpensive, but not out of, out of the question or out of the range for a lot of people. And like you said, this is a great everyday sipper. You know, the 88 proof means that you can have a glass or two in the evening, and not not wake up the next day feeling like you've had a little too much.
1: All right, so we've just finished up with the eighty proof uh, blended bourbon whiskey. Mel, what do we have next?
0: Ooh, we're gonna te- we're gonna drink our wheat whiskey. So this is yeah. a ninety five percent wheat, five percent barley, hundred proof. Um, there aren't a lot of these out there. This is one of my my favorites because it's just a very unique. Style whiskey, and there aren't a lot of bottles sitting on the shelves with this the same mash bill
1: okay, well, let's check it out. I will say the color's a little bit lighter on this one, I think, or maybe about the same as the blended, but
0: well, yeah, I'm getting that too,
1: yeah, but the proof's up there a little bit, so I'm getting a little more spice on the nose on this one. Not as sweet as what we just
2: had. I think I'm going to get surprised by the palate, though. I'm getting that same spice. and Maybe that's just the bite of the alcohol at 100 proof. Um, I, I do get a little bit of sweetness on that. Not a whole lot of floral, which I would have expected. I'm getting more like dates and stuff off this.
0: Maybe some figs. Do a little experiment with you guys with our wheat whiskey, if it's okay. So. This one, I find, um, so that 60% of the time that I get that pineapple, it's not until I take my second sip and kind of breathe out through my mouth and do that whole sensory experience that I get that pineapple coming through. So, if you guys want to try it with me. Let's do it. Cheers. To it. Cheers. I can get that. What's that cake
1: that that you have that has like the little slices of pineapple on top of it? Pineapple upside down cake. Got the cherries in the middle of the pineapples? Yeah.
0: That's
1: (laughs) what it made me think of. Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. It's a fun, I love doing this with people at our tasting room, taking them through it and seeing if they get it. Um, And it wasn't until I joined the production team that I realized why that pineapple is not always there. I used to think it was just my palate um but then i realized that because of the the small batch blending that we're doing there's you know there is going to be a minor variation between all of them and i think that the pineapple is one of those notes that just doesn't always come through but what that tells me is it's the probably the barreling that is where we're getting that flavor from
2: yeah, that thing's got a little bit of a some spice on it, Jim. On yeah. the back of the palate, it, it's biting, and hold and stuff. It's almost like Kentucky Wildcats trying to get out of that whiskey. Wow. <laughs> it does have just a little bit of sizzle to it.
1: Yeah. But I think, for me, I think the cherry is a little bit more prominent than the pineapple. But I do get the pineapple, and that's kind of neat that you know, I got that picture in my head of that, mm-hmm. that pineapple upside-down cake. but.
2: I think once you said pineapple, I already had it in my mind that it was going to taste pineapple. And then I sipped on it. And sure enough, there's that pineapple. And then Jim has to say pineapple upside down cake. And (laughs) I'm getting off that that creaminess. If you just put a little bit of spice in there, uh, maybe a little bit of pepper jelly or something, um, that's got it right there.
0: Yeah. A little little, uh, little kick at the end almost.
1: Yeah. Did you say dates just a little while ago? I did. Yeah. I'm getting that, too. But, what are those light-colored dates that you uh,
2: that you put out on your table sometimes? Oh, I'm not sure. I do have light-colored dates, but I have uh, white figs that I put out. Oh, that's probably yeah. what it is. That's probably yeah. what it is, yeah. I like to put out a nice char- charcuterie board, which covers our entire kitchen island <laughs> um, whenever we have guests over.
0: That sounds amazing. I love the description of white fig, too.
2: It's Awesome. Yeah, what a beautiful expression here. Uh, still some floral notes on there, light floral, like the dandelion or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but that spice is super beautiful. A little bit more peppery than I thought it was going to be. Um, like you said, that pineapple upside down cake uh, sweetness is coming through. I like it. That 100 proof I drinks more like about 105 to 110, though.
0: Typically, yes. I think the wheat does. You do it does taste out at a feeling like it's a little higher proof, and I'm. I think that that's probably just because it's such a dense kind of compact ball of flavor, and so you feel that burn a little bit more.
2: Yeah, you don't see a lot of ninety five percent wheat, five percent malted barley out there in the in the whiskeys, and actually, you don't see a whole lot of. Uh, weeded whiskeys out there. There's just a couple of distilleries that are producing them, and I like to see that you guys are producing this. It is on the shelf here in Kentucky. Um thought it was relatively easy to find. Nice. So I was glad to, glad to get a bottle.
1: Now, this is different than the other weed whiskeys that I've had recently, Mike. You've got a couple over on your barn. We've had them out. You've put them out a couple of times recently when we were over. And this is different. I mean, this is a little bit different. This one's not as sweet and not as um, cherry. It's got some cherry, but not as Mm -hmm. cherry as some of the ones I've had. So when you guys said you do stuff a little bit differently, I have to agree.
0: (laughs) Well, you might be tasting uh, a proprietary slow cut method there. You know, what Mm -hmm. that does is uh, we basically proof our whiskeys down over a much longer period, about four to five times longer than the average normal Normal span, and the reason for that is that we're trying to preserve as much of the flavor of the whiskey versus burning it off as we proof it down. Um, and that does that, you know, that's that's why you're getting a little more of that flavor bomb of the cherry and the oak and the spice.
1: So uh, during the proofing process, is it fair to say that most distilleries are careful with that process, but you take it even further because of the heat generation during the sure. addition of the water to the alcohol, right?
0: Yep. Yep. So it's a exothermic reaction. So, you know, big fancy word for basically talking about boiling off flavor. Um, We're not adding, you know, hot water to the, to the spirit, but when you do that, it creates, it raises the temperature of it. Um, So you're cooking, cooking your whiskey. You don't really want to do that. Uh, You've already cooked it before you put it into the barrel. Uh, I think it's, you know, totally fair to say, like, that's definitely a process that a lot of different distilleries I'm sure are very careful with, but we're, uh, we're extra cautious. And that is something that, you know, Greg had a, a big hand in making sure that this is the process that we use um, for the very reason of let's make something that's innovative and unique and tasty and do something that sets us apart.
1: So it's not so much the, the overall temperature of the liquid, but even at a molecular level, right? I mean, yes. when that, when yes. the, it's, it's happening, those localized temperatures get very high uh, internally without and, that, and that's what you have to worry about, what happens at the very small level within your liquid, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, we're, we're producing this on a small batch level, so any kind of, any kind of change like that can really affect the flavor. Um, it's pretty cool. You can actually see this process. If you have a high-proof uh, whiskey at home, you can add some cold water to it, and you'll actually see your glass steam up a little bit, and you can feel the temperature change
2: and what yeah. what kind of cocktail would you uh make with this right here
0: with our wheat whiskey yep um i think probably a manhattan i think it's something with a vermouth and like a nice little bitter maybe like a clove or a spice element to it, it would be really nice with the with the wheat whiskey and that's nice. such a simple recipe you know two parts two parts of the wheat whiskey and one part vermouth and you've got a delicious cocktail
2: yeah, it's pretty pretty easy that. But it's also, I've seen people mess them up before. You're like, oh, it's too sweet or uh, too much alcohol in it. Um, like well, they might, they might said, have had
0: their uh, vermouth on the counter for three years. Uh, like yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Some people just need to stick to their recipe sometimes. <laughs> Jim, we're coming up on the end of the first half. What do you got to say about this wheat, this wheat whiskey?
1: I like it I like it because it's uh it's new to me I haven't had anything like it before um, it's uh not as sweet and you know you know what I like Mike I like those spicier um less sweet whiskies and for me this one is kind of fits a little bit closer into that range so as far as wheat whiskies go this is kind of in my lane uh, I like that uh, little bit of pineapple cherry we got this nice mouth feel to it this nice texture. It's a good sip and whiskey, but I think it'll make a great Manhattan. I'd look forward to trying it sometime.
0: I hope I can make you one
2: yeah I don't know Jim likes to go out to uh to Colorado and go fly fishing in the mountains um so. You never can tell. Don't tell him you'd like to make it because he'll show up at your house and next thing you know he's he's drinking all your whiskey at your house.
0: My house is old out distillery. So, hey, come on over. (laughs) They work you hard. They
2: work you hard there. You sleep at the distillery. (laughs) Uh,
0: I won't show you. No, there's no (laughs) cod. But when you love something, it doesn't feel like work, you know?
2: That's most certainly true. Well, listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, listeners, we are back, and we are with Mel from Old Elk Distillery. She is a mixologist genius, is what we've got told. Um, But we just finished up drinking Old Elk straight wheat whiskey. It's 95% wheat, 5% malted barley. This thing is like an upside-down pineapple cake. It has uh, creamy vanilla allspice, that pineapple we're talking about, um, hints of figs, a little bit of leather in there, a little bit of oak. This is a great sipping whiskey, Mel. Um, but you also said that you could make a good Manhattan out of it, too.
0: I think I make a very good Manhattan.
2: Yeah, I like it. So what's the price point on on that weeded whiskey?
0: Uh, our wheat whiskey retails for around $64.99.
2: Not a bad price for a 100-proofer from a craft distillery. We'd love to see something like that. Thank
1: you. All right. So what is what's next on our list today? I'm kind of excited. I'm real excited about this next one, actually.
0: Jimmy said you tend to like spicier, sweeter.
1: I do. I've been waiting mm-hmm. for this. Awesome. Uh, so we we uh we just cracked the bottle on this, so neither one of us have tried this yet. Right, Mike? You haven't snuck mm-hmm. one behind me, have you? I haven't. I haven't tried it.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think you're gonna love it. It's each of our ryes that we released has been just phenomenal in my opinion. You get a ton. Of, well, I'm not going to tell you what you're going to taste. We're going to taste it together. You can tell All right, me. Well,
1: first, well, uh, tell, tell us about the mash bill and sure.
0: proof. So this is a, a 95% uh, rye, 5% barley, 100 proof. Typically, we're doing a small small blend with these. So anywhere from 20 to 30 barrels will get blended uh, for each batch that we release. We don't do this one quite as often it's uh it's just a little so i tend to think it's a little harder to find but i don't know how how easy it was for you guys to find it i think it is very much a testament to greg metz's um you know his his lineage in whiskey he's done a pretty much all of the 95.5 rise out there and uh it's definitely the best one on the shelf in my opinion
2: well this and was th- pretty easy for us to find like probably two or three miles down the road from Jim's house is where I found it out. So very Perfect. easy to find for us.
0: Stock up on it.
2: Yeah. And I knew Jim would love this. I almost left this bottle over at his house because I know he loves Rye so much, but he's always over here at my house anyway. So um, it's nice to have a good friend to share your whiskey with. So listeners, I would say that if you do have a bottle of whiskey that you don't like so much, don't pour it down the drain. Go ahead and just share it with your friends. Um, they might love it.
0: That's
2: good advice. All right. So this is aged five years, Mel?
0: This is aged five years, coming up on six
2: now. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Let's check it out. You I've seen that. if I could get Jim from delayed from, from drinking the bourbon as much as I possibly could or <laughs> drinking this rye whiskey as much as possible. Every time he's about to nose or drink it, I'm interrupting. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started tapping my foot. Like, I was starting to get itchy, a little bit itchy. So. <laughs>
0: Just drawing out the drawing out the experience.
2: You well, get those the- Georgia peaches in this?
1: I'm not getting the peaches, but I'm I'm definitely getting a 95 5 rye. This is very traditional. This is exactly what I would expect. This is uh it's well crafted. It doesn't have a lot of uh I don't know, I don't want to say green spice. It doesn't have a lot of like uh conifer, cedar. Juniper. It's got a little
2: bit, but not a lot. I'm getting peach cobbler with vanilla ice cream dabbled over. Since you were talking about baking before, Jim, I might as well go there, right? Some some of grandma's peach cobbler with some ice cream on top would be perfect for this.
0: That sounds so good.
2: I'm getting like cinnamon bears.
1: You know, those little those little red cinnamon bears?
0: Like Uh, around Christmas time, the little little gummy, little
2: gummy cinnamon bears. Yeah. Mel, can you tell that Jim has some grandkids? (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: got some candy notes to it though. Yeah, I'm ready to taste it. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers,
0: guys.
1: Oh my gosh. That's wonderful. That has got that candy sweetness, that syrup sweetness. It's like a liquid cinnamon bear to me.
0: That's exciting. <laughs> right, You're spot ahead.
2: on. Spot on on that candy, Jim. Uh, I think the cinnamon bears, that creaminess, you know how you'll eat one of those little gummy bears, and it's it, it just turns into velvet in your mouth and stuff, especially that cinnamon part. And this has all that, that allspice is coming forward. Um, I love it. Now, I noticed that your guys' notes on your website said mm-hmm. that this is slightly drying, but I don't get any of that at all in this.
0: Well, I will say every batch is a little, you know, it's going to have some differences. What I'm tasting right now is a little more floral. Um, and I I am getting a little bit of that kind of drying pulls out the long finish. But that those spices those candy flavors, those are still in there.
1: Yeah, I'm getting like a a buttery rye toast, like a almost like a yeah, like a rye toast or a rye muffin, but very
2: buttery, very oh. rich.
0: I was gonna say a rye muffin that you don't have to eat, but that you want to eat.
2: <laughs> I'm actually getting a little bit of fruit roll up on this. If they made a cinnamon fruit roll up. This might be it right here. Uh, so much sweetness on this. I'm very shocked at the sweetness on this. Uh, not as much spice as I thought it would be. Uh, nice light cinnamon to it. Sugary. Those peaches are still coming through.
1: Yeah, as you continue to sip on it, uh, so the f- the very first sip really kind of omer- overwhelms you with that that sweetness and that candied uh, goodness. And then as you continue to sip on it, it kind of, that mellows out a little bit and it, it's not so overpowering on the front end. It starts to be more of a balanced and it starts to present itself a little bit more on the back of the palate. This one's given me a little bit more of a hug than I've gotten on anything else, but it's a good hug. I like it. I like hugs.
0: You can hear that hug in your voice.
1: <laughs> and just the, just the smallest amount of, uh, that piney note, just a, just a little bit in the background. A lot less than I've experienced before on some ninety-five fives, but you know, everybody, everybody takes it a different direction with their aging and their and their process. This was taken in a correct
2: direction, as far as I'm concerned. This is a very good rye. So, Mel, what kind of uh, cocktail would you uh, mix up for this right here?
0: Uh, well, you kind of nailed it on the head with the peach cobbler description. So, I would make a peach cobbler julep or a smash and muddle up some fresh uh peaches maybe add a little honey and some sherry and mix that all together give it a little shake so it's nice and cold get a little abrasiveness from the from the coldness and then that would kind of bring out the the rye flavors that we're getting here and give you a big old mouthful of fruit and spice
1: so you went through that kind of quick and I was trying yeah. to follow, but can we, can we do a step-by-step on that? Sure, on that sure. cocktail. That'd yeah. be great. I'd, l- okay. I'd love to hear yeah. it.
0: Well, if we were making one right now, we would get a, a really ripe peach almost, almost towards the end of being overripe. And then we would cut that up, throw those chunks minus the seed into the bottom of a cup. And I'd go with a pretty big cup. Cause we're going to add a lot of ice and um, give it kind of a, long, heavy, hard shakes. So you want to make sure that you have room for all of the ingredients. So I'd muddle those. You can use a spoon or a muddler. And then I would add um, probably about, I don't know, maybe like a half an ounce of honey syrup. So honey syrup, I'd make that with uh, one part honey and one part hot water so that it mixes up. Or maple syrup would be really nice too. Um, and then add some, some, fresh, uh, some fresh mint in there. Add maybe like an ounce of sherry. And then I would do probably about two ounces of the rye. So be pretty boozy, but you kind of want that when you have a, a cobbler or a, a julep. And then I would add my ice and give that a really, again, like a vigorous shake, just so it's like super frothy and cold. And there you go. And you could do you this without strain. the sherry, but I think that would be a nice balance to the the proof on the rye.
1: And you would, sh- you would uh, strain that out over a glass of fresh ice?
0: Uh, if I was serving it in a bar. Yeah. yeah. If this was you and I's backyard and, and it's a nice warm fall day or, you know, then I would probably just leave it all in there. Cause with this, the rye, as you kind of talked about, the flavors are so intense that I think leaving the, the peach in there is going to kind of marinate and the mint's not going to, the mint's not going to get too bitter or, uh, you know, adding those kind of like green experimenting notes to it because the, the rye is just Going to be the the showcase in this one.
2: Now, can our listeners find those recipes like the one you just mentioned? Could they find there's, those on your uh, website?
0: No, that one's special for you guys.
2: Well, you're going to have to write that down and send it to us <laughs> so we can put it. I can do that, right?
0: <laughs> definitely. But yes, we do have lots of recipes on our oldelk.com uh, website and our social media. We uh, we typically feature recipe, you know. Recipe features, I'd say a
2: couple times a month. I I, I think that's awesome that you guys are offering all those recipes and that they did hire a mixologist at their distillery um, to offer that to people. I think more people drink whiskey and cocktails than they do just straight up like we're doing. We're just the one percenters that are the whiskey (laughs) nerds out there that are drinking whiskey like this. Right. Um, But if somebody went to the, kentucky bourbon festival this past Mm -hmm. week they would have saw that almost everybody had a cocktail in their hands it was was like 95 degrees out there it's hot sweaty um and nothing's better than that cold cocktail to drink um i didn't see a whole bunch of people sipping on glasses of whiskey out there sure
0: well i mean that's just it right like you can there are some of us who can drink quite a bit of whiskey on a hot summer day and be okay and still stand, but you know, making it into a cocktail form makes it more approachable for people. It's more refreshing. You can have three or four cocktails spaced out through the day versus, you know, eight or twelve ounces of whiskey just straight. You're gonna drink that a lot quicker. Um, and I think also that in general, old elf note, you know, they recognize that cocktails are very much a important part of what consumers and people are doing there's you know a ton of people like you mentioned at home who are at home bartenders and getting into cocktails just make sure drinking more enjoyable it's just like what we're doing talking about you know talking about the recipe talking about the maybe the history of a recipe or creating together like that that brings a certain set sort of kind of fun to to the drinking and it becomes you know more than just oh i'm just drinking right now you know i'm I'm talking about what's in it. I've, I've added elements to it to make it delicious. Um, and also, I mean, this past year in the pandemic, I think a lot of people were trying their hand at, at home bartending. So we want to make sure those recipes are out there and people are using our, our spirits to the best of their ability and bringing out the best in ours.
2: Well, I know that's for sure. Cause Jim in that room he's in right now, um, I would go over there around four o'clock, four thirty every day because Jim works at home, and he's in that room hanging out. And I was like, "What's what's going on in here?" He's like, "It's cocktail hour in this room right here, Mike. He's smiling away.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do.
2: we definitely do happy hour here a couple
1: of days a week. It's it's awful nice, but it's great to have a cocktail that you have discovered, whether it be going Mm -hmm. to a bar or somebody else has introduced it to you, or you've you've run across the the recipe on in a magazine you read. To have that cocktail and have some people come over and be able to introduce them to something and make it there at the house, and you know, and and have it turn out good, Mm -hmm. and everybody's like, "Wow, that's really good." You are like, "Yeah, (laughs) it is. I mean, I really like that a lot. I have I have a lot of fun." So I guess I love to cook. Uh, I've always loved to cook. I've got that kind of bug and and for me, the cocktails kind of fit into that a little bit and uh, it's a lot of fun. so listeners if you uh if you like to make a cocktail, be looking for uh, this week's blog. I think there'll be a good recipe in there for you just
2: just oh. a couple so <laughs> so mel to finish this up um we are drinking the straight rye whiskey 95 percent rye five mm-hmm. percent malted barley each five years it's a hundred proof what do these cost on the shelf
0: this one goes for around 89.99 on shelf and i think that that's a great price for as you said earlier the juice in the bottle
2: yeah it's a craft whiskey right it, took a lot of love it's a beautiful bottle too uh, we don't really talk about that i like this bottle it fits on the shelf perfectly it'll set in a bar perfectly you got a little well at your bar home bar sets so in there perfectly and you can actually buy a topper for these little elk topper if you're into that kind of stuff they're kind of famous out there
0: <laughs> um, thank
2: you course. yeah you guys have a uh a little box kit with that right
0: we do yeah so um Usually around the holidays, around this time of the year, you can start to find some uh, extra extra box sets. Basically, it's our our bourbon, our flagship bourbon with the 51% corn, 34% barley and 15% rye. So our standard bourbon. And then it's included in uh, in that with a elkhead pour. And this year, we have a new one that's going to be gold. So if you see those, they're going to be super coveted. I'm sure people are going to fight over them um, and... Uh, you know they almost kind of take on as like collectors.
2: Well, hopefully, Big Chief will get one of those in the middle. <laughs> Jim, Jim probably wants one too. I was going to show you this photo real fast. Uh, this is somebody that that can't drink his whiskey very well.
0: <laughs> oh, poor,
2: poor fella! That was one of our listeners that had been looking for me all day long. Um, him and his buddy had came to the Bourbon Festival to meet me and lo and behold he was passed out and his buddy got a photo with me and he said my friend is just a big fan and he's going to be so upset that uh that he missed you and i said well i'll take a photo with him
0: that is hilarious yeah he still got his photo up with you
2: yeah he did, he got it his wife was like can you just stick around i was like i, I got to go
0: You're like i don't want to see him when he wakes up no all right
1: guys so we have one more to go we're
0: gonna do the weeded bourbon single barrel selection
2: weeder mike weeder yeah yeah you know all about this bottle right here though jim right i do
0: this is one that you guys have near you right
2: yeah down the road in nashville the nashville bourbon social club um (laughs) they picked a barrel of your weeded bourbon it's uh, barrel 505 it came in at 116.2 proof it, it they have their own little label on it. it was called old elk van weeded it's a five year um i think this was somewhere in 2019 before covid and they sent me this bottle they gifted it to me uh, i was so great to have it, and I've this is like one of my most coveted bottles right here of whiskey on my shelf. I love it.
0: Well, Mike, you mentioned the secondary label on the single barrel, um, and that's something that, uh, if you guys don't mind, I'd love to just touch on a little bit because it's it makes each single barrel that we offer special. So, uh, sure. you know, you can basically when you select your barrel, you're able to choose if you want to put a secondary label on there. So if you wanted to do, you know, the bourbon road bottle, you could get your own label and have that on there kind of thing. And uh, it's why some people might say, wait a minute, this is different looking than the other bottles of old elk. Why is that? Um, and it just makes it a little more special for people when they've selected their own stuff. Well, this knows that this yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's check, check it, it out.
1: Wow. That's uh, a little bit of punch to that on the nose. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a lot of, uh, a lot of caramel on that. Mike, an awful lot of caramel. Oak.
0: It's definitely a little, a little more a punch in the nose at first than the other ones we've tried. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Super beautiful. Uh, floral notes on this. I'm getting um, sugar smack em cereal. you you name it it is in this it's layer after layer you could nose it every time and get something different off of this and it's probably at that 116.2 proof you're gonna get that it's got great legs on the glass um you know i've drinking i've drank this so many times i'm just hold on to this bottle (laughs) there's a little bit of this in my infinity bottle
0: oh nice cheers guys cheers Well that's a lot different, huh? Yeah. That mouthfeel.
1: Definitely. And there's a lot more depth to this. This has got a little bit more earthy of some earthy notes to it. But it's it's got a lot of depth. There seems to be like a lot of flavors coming to the surface in here. Mike, you said sh- sugar smackums.
2: I mean there's sugar that, su- smack yeah. em cereal. It's got the frog on there. Yeah, th- that's <laughs> right. The frog. I was trying to remember.
0: <laughs> um, do you get any, any leather at all? Oh yeah. It's like a hint of that on the
1: finish. Yeah, definitely. Oak and leather. This is uh this has a little bit now. You said this is a 2019, so this is this is about a five year old. Would that be years. about right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This would be about a five year old. It definitely uh drinks like it's a little bit older with that oak and that leather. A little dark too, a little bit darker than the others we've been drinking.
2: It's a uh, layered with caramel to me. That leather is in there, but the oak is ever so present, probably because mm-hmm. of the proof. A little bit of spice, no Kentucky hug on this um <laughs> at all. Um I don't get that burn, do you, Jim?
1: I, I don't. But it would be a Colorado hug in this case.
0: Yes. <laughs> well yeah, a Colorado hug. Might be a little more hippie uh, than a uh, like than the like the to. rocky
2: mountain <laughs> falling up on top of your chest. <laughs>
0: I think this is a beautiful bottle. Um, One of the things that I get to do now with Greg is taste through all of our single barrels. And I can tell you that this is an exceptional one.
1: Yeah, for me, this has got a little bit more uh, earth to it, a little Mm -hmm. bit more. It's a little more grounded. Um, I'm having a hard time picking out what it is, but um, it's definitely not any kind of a grassy note or anything like that. It's more like of a I don't know. Sometimes when I have an earthy note, it's hard for me to come sure. up with what that is.
2: So, Mel, the mash bill on this would be a 51% corn, a 45% wheat, and a 4% malted barley. Am I correct on that? That is correct, yes. Yep. That's got to be one of the highest weeded bourbons in the nation.
0: I think that it probably is. <laughs> if not, yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, this is just one of the things that we do that old up does we're not going to cut corners and we're gonna we're gonna stay true to our mission to provide something that's delicious that's unique and it is a testament to greg metz our master distiller i mean i can't say it enough you know he really is has done so much to make sure that you know this is kind of his his legacy so most
2: well, certainly that's jim amazing. i think that That earthy tone you might be getting is toasted almonds. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it could be. People, if you're listening to us right now and you can find one of these single barrels out there of their weeded bourbon, you need to go grab it like right now. Don't hesitate. Don't tell your wife you're buying it. Don't tell your husband you're (laughs) buying it. Um, Just keep it quiet. Don't show the bottle to your friends, hide it from them. if you want to bring it over to my house, um, Weedy King of Kentucky always loves to drink some <laughs> weeded bourbon. So, uh, bring it on over. We'll sip on it together.
0: Good advice. <laughs> I you like to eat through in the wives too. You know, women, women love whiskey.
1: I think that, uh, earthy note I'm getting actually, Mike, is a little bit more like tobacco. I think that's a little bit more about what I'm, it's kind of what I'm getting there. It's kind of a light tobacco.
2: Yeah. I could get that out of this proof. Um, you know, I I definitely, I can get that out of there. That tobacco, especially here in Kentucky, it's tobacco season. People are harvesting it right now. And you can kind of smell it when they're oh, driving cool. it out and stuff. It's kind of a neat thing to see or be around. Um, you'll see the tobacco staves and stuff. Now you were talking about wives and women drinking whiskey <laughs> and stuff. And, but one of the neat groups out there right now, are they're called bourbon virgins. It's a group of women. Um They're out there showing that whiskey is for women too. Um, And they're drinking it straight up neat. Um, They hang with anybody. I just wanted to give a shout out to those women. They're awesome. If you see them out there wearing their BV shirts, uh, check them out.
0: I'm going to check them out. That's great.
1: Mike, any final notes on the single barrel?
2: Good Lord, Jim. You know what I think on this thing. I know what you think. (laughs) yeah it's super creamy um it's got that toffee the vanilla um a little bit of clove in there that's that spice i'm getting i think um it's everything like i said sugar smack them cereal um you know you put that sugar smack them there you eat the cereal and then you drink the milk um that sweetness is there you could not go wrong with this i love this bottle this much um And I want to be sad when this bottle is gone. You can guarantee you that that I'm going to go find another bottle and uh, drink on that. Cheers to that. Cheers.
1: So, Mel, tell us a little bit about what's going on now today. You know, (laughs) uh, I I assume you guys are your operations probably opened up a little bit more than it has been over the last year. Sure. Uh, Got some new things going on, maybe some new releases, some new products that might be coming out. New states you're in
0: uh we are in all 50 states now yeah so wow uh, no excuses not to try us (laughs) uh mike you mentioned an infinity bottle on your on your shelf uh that's something that is uh around the corner for old elk so we are currently in the process of uh releasing a infinity blend um and greg basically chose A very small allotment of, uh, different barrels, uh, some are 12 years old, some are 11 years old. And then, uh, our base six-year-old old Old elk bourbon and, uh, is making an infinity blend with that. And we'll have that probably hitting markets, very limited release, I'd say in the next month or so.
2: I don't think I've seen anybody else out there do that. Can you think of anybody, Jim? No, I haven't. This is a first.
0: Yay. (laughs) I'm excited for it. It's, uh, (laughs) you know, it's a, it's like, it's kind of a a pet project for us. And, um, you know, these barrels have been sort of sitting in the, the treasury of, uh, of barrels that we have. And, um, so the three of them coming together into this blend, I think people are going to be really, really excited. Um, it's basically at cast proof, uh, it's being released at 114.99%. Um, and I think it's going to, you know, for those out there who maybe have uh, held off on Old Elk or have only had the 88 proof and thought, eh, I'm not really excited about anything else right now. I think this is going to make them turn around and have a sip.
1: I was going to say, so is this something that is distillery only? Is this something that is uh, limited release to all 50 states?
0: Limited release uh, to Is this something 50 you states? can mail order? Not at this time. Uh, we do We do have a, a new relationship with um, Thirsty. Uh, I believe it is, um, and so you can order some of our products through them. Um, at this time, I don't think that we'll be doing infinity. It is, it's you know, it's a, it's kind of in a lot, a uh, lot of the release. So I don't think that we'll have enough to do it online. But you never know; I could be wrong. Uh, we will have some available at our tasting room in Fort Collins, and I think that you'll find, um, you know, sort of those those places where you can find a single barrel. They're going to be the ones who are pulling this in to sell.
2: Now, Mel, do you uh, you also have a bar there called the Reserve, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you ever go in there and mix up some cocktails?
0: <laughs> yes, that is the other other half of my role with uh, Old Elk. So I, I manage, I do all of the cocktail creation for us in our tasting room, uh, manage our staff there in our program, um, and honestly, it's the uh, it's it's great to be able to see the product in its beginning and then see it in a finished Uh, in a finished way in a cocktail in somebody's hands. And the tasting room is so cool because you get to come face to face with fans and people who love us and are trying it for the first time or maybe the hundredth time, but um, it's a great little spot. Awesome. So there's one more um, experimental project that we've been working on. Uh, We did a cask release recently of a cognac finished bourbon, a sherry finished bourbon, our Tawny port and then a uh, armagnac, and those are even more of a micro scale. So we started with anywhere's from fourteen to twenty barrels um, that had been previously cognac barrels or armagnac barrels or sherry or port, and then we took our our flagship, our fifty one percent corn, thirty four percent barley, and fifteen percent rye blend, and put that in there, and then we let that sit for six months. And I will say that it's a lot of fun to taste what happens with that mash bill when you add, uh, you know, when you add those sort of like oak finished um, specialty products. So if you guys uh, haven't tried it. Hopefully you'll get a chance to try that as well.
2: Well, Mel, we can't thank you enough for coming on with us today and uh, letting us try uh, all your products and stuff <clears throat> I would like to point out again if you haven't tried old elk um, especially the one that you're going to be able to find on the shelves out there is their blended straight bourbon whiskey it's actually a high malt it's going to be a little bit different and maybe that's why you said it gives it that creaminess to it it's 51% corn 34% malted barley and only 15% rye so check that out don't skip over those bottles and stuff you heard it here first today that that is a great bourbon to pick up off the shelf if you're looking for something different. Where can our listeners find Old Elk on social media?
0: Sure. We are Old Elk Bourbon on Instagram, uh, Facebook. We are also Old Elk Bourbon. And then, of course, online, you can find us at www.oldelkbourbon.com. If you're also interested in cocktail recipes, um, we do, you know, like I said, we do this a few times a month on the Old Elk Bourbon channels, but on our reserve tasting room, uh, which is the reserve by Old Elk. We have lots of cocktail features on there.
1: And on your website, do you have a place where people can enter their email address and get, uh, you know, updates and newsletters Absolutely. and that sort yep. of thing? Okay, yep.
0: Only if you want to, but I, you know, it's where you're going to find out about the Infinity, about the cast release, um, you know, it's where you're going to find out if Greg's going to be in town or visiting somewhere close to you. So definitely urge uh, signing up for it. And I think you'll be interested in that news.
1: All right. Well, we we thank you so much for being on the show today. We thank you for sharing your whiskies with us. We've had a wonderful time and we've got to taste uh, four very impressive expressions from you guys. And uh we'd love to do this again when we get a chance. And if I'm ever or Mike's ever in Fort Collins, we'd love to stop in, and pay you a visit and uh get a personal tour. It'd be kind of fun.
0: Well, we would love that and you know where to find me. And uh yeah, hopefully you'll get to hear from us again. We'd love to Love to do this with you
1: again. All right. Well, thank you.
2: Well, Mike, where can people find us? Well, you know, you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. We also have a private Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies. 2,300 people strong. Maybe Mel will join us in there and be one of our roadies. Uh, She can put some great recipes out there, great cocktails. But there are master distillers in there distillery owners just whiskey drinkers we got three rules to follow though actually got a couple more rules too um you gotta be 21 to enter you gotta love bourbon hell who doesn't like bourbon jim and then we don't tolerate any rudeness in there you gotta be nice to each other we also have that old bar rule that your grandpa told you we don't talk about politics or religion while we're drinking that dang whiskey so uh Come on in there, join us. We don't beat each other up there. You drink whiskey, whether it's from the bottom shelf to the top shelf, whether it's Old Elk or your Infinity bottle, we want you to show it off in there. So come on in there, join us. Um, We put a lot of news in there about the whiskey world, uh, so we'd hope you'd join today.
1: And we do two shows a week. Uh, Every Monday, we'll do a craft distillery episode where we'll kind of take a spotlight and put it on a craft distillery doing something new, something out of the box. We'll take a look at one of their expressions and we'll, uh, we'll highlight it. Then every Wednesday we'll do a a longer episode like today's uh, where we dive in a little bit deeper and uh, we taste a few expressions. We we have a guest on like Mel and, uh, and we, give you kind of the inside look and what's going on at old elk or whoever we have on the show. We'd love to have you listen to both episodes every week. Remember it's Mondays and Wednesdays, but Mike, how do they know when a show's coming out?
2: So you got to scroll on up to the top of your app there. You'll either hit a check mark, a plus sign, or subscribe. That app will tell you, hey, these two jokers got an episode coming out today. That'll get you to work and back from work. That 30-minute commute that you dread will make it joyful for you. We'll be talking about whiskey. By the time you get home, you're going to want to grab a glass of whiskey and join in. The other thing we need you to do, so we get great guests on like mail here, is you want to scroll on down, you want to hit that five-star review because you know what'll happen. The big bad booty daddy of bourbon will come to your house. I'll bring all four bottles of this old elk whiskey with me. We're going to have one hell of a night. But by that next morning, you're going to give us that five-star review. I guarantee.
1: (laughs) All right. Like we said, we do two shows a week. We'd love to have you listen to both. We always want to hear what you have to say. If you've got a small distillery in your hometown, you've got uh, somebody trying to step up and, and be found. Let us know about them. We'd love to have them on the show. Well, Mike, I'd say we're very approachable. You can reach us by email. I'm Jim at the bourbon He's Mike at the bourbon But probably the best way is to hit us up on our DM on Instagram. I'm Jay Shannon,
2: 63. I'm one big chief. And we'll see you down the bourbon road.